welcome to the Head to Heal podcast, where you'll go head over heels learning about how the body and the brain work together to either feed disease or fight it. I'm your host, Jordana Sade, certified holistic nutritionist and founder of the Mindful Clinic. With a background in nutrition, behavioral neuropsychology, and hypnosis, I'm going to walk you through the root cause of your symptoms and disordered behaviors. The body has an innate ability to heal. No one is destined for illness, and most, if not all, disorders can be reversed. Come with me as we develop a new understanding of how you can use your head to heal and truly thrive. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Head to Heal podcast. I'm your host, Jordana Sade, certified holistic nutritionist, hypnotherapist, and founder of the Mindful Clinic. I want to preface this episode and all future episodes by saying that I am not a medical doctor and you should always seek help from a physician before beginning any new health regime. Okay, guys, I'm so excited because I have a very special guest here with me today. I have Danny, and she is like the macro coach counting queen. So if you guys, I mean, she'll tell you all where to follow her, but on Instagram, she's mind my macros. And you know, you know me guys, like, you know, that I am not about dieting, tracking, none of that shit. But a lot of the stuff that Danny says, like really resonates with me. And I do think that at a certain level, like we do want to optimize the body, right? Like who doesn't want to be fit? Who doesn't want to be in the best shape of their lives? And so having that extra kind of knowledge on how to do this in a way where you know, it's therapeutic. So like it works, but it also is like more intuitive and mindful so that we don't drive ourselves crazy and fall into like a yo-yo dieting frenzy. So anyways, Danny, I would love to hand over the mic to you. If you want to just tell us a little bit about who you are, how you got here, take the floor. Yeah. Well, first off, thanks so much for having me. I've been listening to your podcast and I really resonate with your journey. It's absolutely incredible. And it's It's really one that I see so often and there's some similarities with my own too. So I'm Danny. I, like Jordana said, I am a macro coach at Mind My Macros. I have a long background of being very, very passionate about health and wellness and fitness and really going back, you know, years and years and years, I have always been a competitive athlete. So I started out as a competitive figure skater for about 12 years. And then that transitioned into college where I kind of fell out of this routine and schedule. And and with college, I was really focused on getting my education, but also the fun aspect of college. And I would find myself in being introduced into these eating patterns that I had never been exposed to when I was growing up at, you know, in my hometown. And a lot of that was with restrictive eating or eating little so that, you know, when you're going out at night, you're, you're, you know, saving up for the alcohol and it listening to it back. It just sounds so crazy because I really had no education around eating and what I thought was healthy at that time clearly now was not the case. And so fast forward, I moved to San Diego. I got very, very into my health and my wellness. And I started teaching yoga and taught yoga for a while. I was still in this restrictive mindset of, okay, I was not someone who was just naturally thin per se. I definitely, you know, I was more athletic built. And I think I saw these images of, you know, friends or 
other women who in the media, you know, you see these like long lean legs at the time, the Victoria's Secret fashion shows, those were like all over. And I just remember, wow, you know, I, why do I have this like inner thigh stuff? Like my inner thighs are touching. I, they shouldn't be touching all of these things that were going through my mind led me to, okay, well, everything I'm seeing is saying that I need to be restricting my food to lose weight. So I'd go through these restrictive periods of restricting overall calories, jumping into diets like the whole 30, like, you know, trying to cut out foods, elimination diets, which work for some, but overall there's restriction that goes into play there. And something I've noticed with myself and now with my clients is that restriction often leads to an unsustained way of dieting and unsustained lifestyle that doesn't oftentimes yield long-term weight loss or fat loss. And so I went through these years and years and years of just hopping from one fad diet to the next, trying to eliminate foods, doing whatever I could. And it was all in this mindset of restriction. And fast forward now, I discovered macronutrition. So I was working full-time at my corporate job, COVID hit. And I think with a lot of people, we all learned like, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe I'm not passionate about what I'm doing. I want to feel fulfilled. I want to help people. And that was something that I've always known that I wanted to do. I just didn't really know how. And so at that time, I decided to go back and educate myself and get some credentials and certifications in nutrition. And so first focusing within nutrition, because that's something that I was just really passionate about learning about myself again, because I realized that I was in these patterns of restrictive eating and nothing was working. And on top of that, uh, I was just really interested in, you know, building healthy meals and what I thought was healthy at the time. I wanted to dive deeper into that. So I went back, got some certifications in nutrition, and then I started diving in deeper into some specific areas of nutrition. And that's where I discovered macronutrition, which macronutrition, it's all about macronutrients and macronutrients are the building blocks of our food. So macros are protein, carbs, and fat. So those are the three macronutrients and every single food is made up of at least one macronutrient. So those are the building blocks of calories. And as I was learning more about this, I was realizing and learning that, oh, you know, I definitely am not eating to support my body and my goals. And I also am not eating enough. And so through that work, through my education, I then launched Mind of My Macros, which really started out as me sharing macro-friendly recipes and then evolving into now my coaching practice. So that's a bit of it in a nutshell. That was not oh a nutshell. Oh my gosh. But- <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. Like, honestly, the longer, the better for me. But that is so, it's so crazy. You have, we do have so many similarities and just like the restrictive dieting. And I'm just like, so in awe and an inspiration of, you know, the, the fact that like you did take that leap of like, okay, you know, I'm working this corporate job. I'm going to like dig more into this and like learn about like macronutrients. Because I think that even with me, like when I was studying nutrition, I like left nutrition school and I was hired right out of school to work with a medical doctor. And I weighed like 
the lowest I've ever weighed. And I was just like, look at me, my hair is falling out, haven't had a period in two years. And I was just like, right. oh, I'm, I'm the epitome of health here, guys. Right. And, and like, I think if, if at that point, even after going through nutrition school, some you, you had talked to me about macro counting, like I would have been afraid, right? So if you could just take me back to that time when you started learning about macronutrients, was there any fear around if I eat more, I'm going to gain weight? And like, just tell me a little bit more about that. Oh, yes. So I would say I... I really learned about macros two years before I actually implemented <laughs> the understanding of macros, like taking the practice yeah. of, I, I call macros or macro tracking, macro counting, whatever you want to call it. It's a tool. So it's a tool that you can use. It's not an end all be all. I didn't actually implement this tool until, I mean, almost two years after I started learning about it. And that was all because I was terrified. And I see this with my clients all the time. I was terrified of the thought of gaining weight. And in my mind, I was so programmed to think more food equals weight gain. And that's actually not the case through my education. it, It really took me. It was, gosh, it was 2020. So funny enough, going into the year of 2020, that was the year that I said, okay, you know, it was actually this time. So it was three years ago, probably like within the past week where I decided, you know what, everything that I have been doing up until this point has just not worked. It has not worked. And sometimes sure. I went through a phase where I was eating low calorie. I mean, I was trying to eat. I think I was using my fitness pal at the time and it spits out a goal, which I, now I'm like, never follow that goal because it is, it was 1200 calories. It was like yeah. around 1200 calories and I didn't know any better. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try to fit what my fitness pal is telling me I need to eat to get to this specific weight that I had as a goal. And I was eating 1200 calories. I was teaching yoga. I was going on long runs. I was overworking myself and not eating enough. And sure, I lost weight for about a month and a half. And then as soon as I started eating again, it came right back on. So when I got to the point of, you know what? Okay. I feel like I've tried everything in the book and nothing has worked up until this point. Let me finally just give macros a try. Let me just try it for 30 days. So what I did was I was in this mindset of cardio, 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 burning as many calories as possible. Yep. (laughs) Burning as many calories as possible on my Apple watch. So now I don't even wear an Apple watch anymore. Dave, I had to take it off because I'm like, it's actually really dangerous for me. Like my husband's like, you have to take it off. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. No. So I actually oftentimes recommend not wearing an Apple watch because so many of my clients in particular will get caught up with the calories burned on your Apple watch and they'll dictate whether their workout was good based off how many calories they burned. And that is so far from accurate. And so I was falling into that category and I was using my watch as this gauge of, okay, I have a 700 calorie burn goal every day. I have to burn 700 calories and then I have to eat 1200 calories. I was so far in a deficit for so long that my metabolism adapted and I'm sure we'll talk all about this, but finally, you know, I get to that point of just, okay, 30 days, I'm going to pull back on my cardio, everything that I was learning and all of the studies that I was reading along with macronutrition was 
strength train, strength train, strength train, strength train, strength train. (laughs) And strength training was, you know, paired with macros can ultimately help you increase your BMR through the increase of muscle mass, but it can also lead to body recomposition changes and fat loss and, you know, obviously muscle building. And I think at that time in my mind, I was thinking, okay, well, like I've seen on Instagram or whatnot at the time, you know, macros and like bodybuilding. And that's not what I want to, I don't want to look like a bodybuilder. Like I don't want to get bulky. And again, the more education that I was diving into, you actually have to eat into a surplus for an extended period of time to get that bulky. Like it is really hard to build muscle. Like it takes a long time to build muscle. And so at that point I was like, okay, you know what? All of these studies that I am looking at are showing me that this is probably something that I want to try. I need to get over my own ego and get past that and say, okay, nothing I've been doing before this has worked. So 30 days, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to strength train. I had done a little bit of strength training before that, but it was like in the form of sculpt classes, which is like yoga and weights together. And like the max I lifted was maybe, I don't know, 12 pound dumbbells. (laughs) And so I fully dove into, okay, 30 days. I found a strength training program that seemed like it would work for me. It was at home COVID then soon hit. So that was helpful to have an at-home workout. I was intimidated of going to the gym. So the first thing I said was, okay, I can work out at home. Even if it's not like where I want to be long-term, it's a starting point for me. And that's where I feel comfortable. So strength training and diving into macronutrition. So 30 days, January 1st, January 1st, I said, okay, let's do this. I gave it, it wasn't even a full 30 days, three weeks in, I felt completely different. I had lost a bit of weight as well, but the weight now looking back, it was this feeling of confidence that I had. It was this feeling of, wow, I, for the first time in years, do not feel bloated. I feel like I have energy. And it was all because I changed this mindset around restriction. I was eating more too, I should say, at this time when I started macro tracking than I was before. And so that was a little scary, but I felt fueled. I felt fueled and I felt like I could actually show up to my workouts and I didn't feel run down. I didn't feel fatigued. I felt like I was actually getting stronger and that in turn led to really me losing weight because I was focusing on building muscle and eating to support me and my metabolic health. So long story short, that's how I got to where I am today. It was really just this, I got so fed up of just not feeling like anything was working that I said, heck, let's just give this a try and see what happens. And I mean, within that 30 days, I then was like, okay, I need to keep going with this. It's not something that will change overnight. It's definitely not something that you'll see results in two days or a week or even two weeks. A lot of my clients, it takes a month, two months to really start seeing results, but that doesn't mean that you're not making progress. There are so many reasons why you're maybe not seeing the scale move if you're using the scale as a tool that have nothing to do with body fat. 
And so once you start to understand that, it becomes much easier for you to adapt to a new lifestyle of, hey, I'm doing this because I feel freaking good. I don't care what the scale is saying. I feel freaking good. And that's why that's really what kept me going with it. Yeah. Wow. That was actually so helpful for me. And I'm sure my listeners to hear, cause I can already think of like so many people that I, like our current clients are just people that I connect with over Instagram that are still like really fixated on, you know, like calorie counting or cardio or, and, and, and it's just mm-hmm. really timely that we're having this conversation because as you know, I had my baby six months ago. Right. So mm-hmm. I gained like 70 pounds in the pregnancy. That was unintended. Like I like, and I left the pregnancy being like, okay, something is deeper here. Like I have a really healthy relationship with food. I exercise every day, like what's going on. And so it was like a severe hormonal imbalance. But one of the things that was very different from this baby to my last one is with my last one, like I was like, I'm just going to become a marathon runner. So I literally like ran the 80 pounds off. Like in five months, I was already back in my pre-baby clothes. I was a a mess, like an absolute disaster. I had like, I was irritable. I had no time for anybody. All All I cared about was like getting to the gym and like running, 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 running. I even had people who worked there come up to me and be like, Hey, like tone down the cardio a little bit. eh?" And so, (laughs) and it's, and it's just so interesting because literally just recently, like within the past couple of months, I've been like really fixated on like lifting heavy. I go to this like awesome little boutique gym and it's been like, it's, it's changed my life. Like I feel amazing. (laughs) I feel like so powerful, so strong. And I'm, I'm certainly not macro canting, but I'm hoping you can tell me a little bit more about it. Maybe to you know, sway me in a certain direction after this conversation. But, but it is like, even just with that lifting power versus like burning, 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 like building is just a, such a different energy. And like, that's what I'm fucking here for in 2023. Absolutely. And this is something that I didn't even realize that I was struggling with back in the days of nonstop cardio and restrictive eating was I was agitated all the time. And my husband, who was at that time, my boyfriend, I mean, he is a saint for staying with me for through some of that, because I just remember I would get so hangry and that hanger, like I would be very short. And, and these are all signs of negative biofeedback. And these signs are, Hey, your body's trying to tell you you're not eating enough. You're not fueling your body to support all of the bodily function, plus all the activity that you're doing. And like, that's a, a pure sign of an, a sign of negative biofeedback. So it's funny. Cause I experienced that too. And with this change in nutrition with strength training and not really focusing on this calorie burned, I am my husband. If he ever listens to this, he will agree. I am a much like lighter, happier uplifting person without all of that junk that I was so focused on before. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And, and I have only known you for a short time, but like, you've only given off this like very calm, like really like, like light energy. (laughs) So I can only imagine, but yeah, my husband used to be like, you're a menace. Like you're an Mm -hmm. absolute menace. It was so awful, but so, (laughs) so glad we're through that. Um, (laughs) On the other side. I know. Thank goodness. I would love it. If you could tell us a little bit more about like how do we macro count? Like, so like, let's say like, do you, is it by body weight? So are you going like, let's say you weigh like, I don't know, 180 pounds and you want to be like 160 pounds, right? Are, is there certain macros for that weight versus like 180? Like, just tell me a little bit more about how it works. 
Yeah. So it definitely differs person by person. So what I always recommend is that one, like I said earlier, never rely on like an online calculator or a, an app like my fitness pal to try to calculate your macros because they are not taking into account so many aspects that need to be taken into account. So typically if you go on to like an online calculator, it'll ask for your height, your weight, your age, and then it'll say activity level. And it says like, rate it on these five things. I'm like, there's so much more that goes into activity level than those five things. Plus your lifestyle habits, your entire lifestyle that dictates your total daily energy expenditure, which is how many calories per day you're burning. And this is an average number each day. We differ in terms of, you know, maybe one day is more sedentary than another. However, that total daily energy expenditure, it's going to be dependent person to person. And so that takes into account your BMR, which is your basal metabolic rate. And so your basal metabolic rate, it takes into account your height, your weight, your age, and kind of spits out this rough estimate of how many calories you just naturally burn by living. So this is nothing else included. This is just, you know, you're eating, you're breathing, you're digesting all these activities that your body's doing. It's burning calories. So that's just how many calories a day is your body burning. Then you layer on top of that, an activity level multiplier, which essentially is taking into account. Do you have a sedentary job? Are you up and moving around a lot throughout the day. What does your lifestyle look like? What's the activity look like within that lifestyle? And then on top of that, your exercise. So what does your exercise look like? How often are you exercising? How long are you performing those exercises for? All of that gets taken into account plus your lifestyle. So I have clients who are night nurses. Their circadian rhythm is so, you know, off from if somebody is just working a regular nine to five job where they have a regular sleeping pattern. So all of this gets taken into account with your macros, but with all of that aside, I do recommend always working with a professional to get macro counts. I offer macro counts for anyone that's interested at my website, but a good rule of thumb to just get started. And this is actually where I recommend most people just starting is with protein. So protein is the one macronutrient that I want to say nine times out of 10, especially I focus on female clients, but I even see this in male populations that I have worked with in the past nine times out of 10, we are not eating enough protein for our body to support, you know, our, our goals, our metabolic health, our muscle development protein is the one (laughs) macronutrient that I'm laughing because I was at six different, I was in six weddings this year and at every single bachelorette party and bridal shower, the motto was prioritize protein. And that was just something that I said one time. And then all my friends decided to take that, but it's so true. I always say prioritize protein because protein, again, it's the one macronutrient that is usually under consumed. And it's one of the macronutrients that is going to help with muscle development. It's going to help with satiety. So that feeling of satisfaction and fullness between meals is also going to help regulate blood sugar levels. There's so many benefits to really focusing on protein consumption. And so a good rule of thumb is to, depending on your weight, third, it's like 0.8 to 1.2 
gram times your body weight. So for one gram of protein, you multiply either 0.8 to 1.2 times your body weight. But with all that said, I would just say, try to focus on a one-to-one ratio up to 165 pounds. So past 165 grams of protein, you're probably not going to see too much of a difference. If you try to, you know, just consume all of the protein that's not at a certain point it, it plateaus studies show that it kind of plateaus off. So up to 165 grams of protein. So let's say you weigh 187 pounds. I would say aim for 165 grams of protein. Now, if you're somebody who weighs 158 pounds, then try to get one-to-one. So 158 grams of protein for 158 pounds of body weight. Now, if you are losing weight, I would still try to aim to hit that protein goal until you've seen about a 10 to 15 pound discrepancy. So that goes for either side, but good rule of thumb is one gram of protein for every one pound of body fat or body weight up to 165 pounds. That's really helpful. I had no idea about the 165 because actually so long ago, like I feel like it wasn't even a part of my life, but I worked in sports nutrition for like a very, very short amount of time. And I I was, I used to actually work with like a couple of like Olympic athletes, which is really cool. I like met somebody. Yeah. Like children, Olympic athletes. So I don't know if you know, Katia, she's like a a big swimmer. She's on team Canada. She is one of my clients, but Yeah. So, but I also worked with this young boy to build muscle. He was a hockey player and he needed to get to the next like level or be like, I don't know, accepted into like the next level of hockey. I don't know. Um, Anyways, he was like a really tiny kid and he, he wanted to build 30 pounds of muscle. And like, I was like, this is really difficult to do. So I had him on like creatine, like all this shit. He actually did. Yeah, he actually did swell. Like he gained like a cl- close to like 20 to 25, which I was like, this is like really wow. good. But I, I don't, I think it was like quite synthetic. But anyways, how I approached it at that point in time and my like idea and belief behind it, which is really good that we're having this conversation is that, you know, let's say you're 165 pounds, you want to be 180, you need one, you need to eat the protein amount for the weight that you want to be. So that means if you're gaining, if you want to gain, but also if you want to lose. So if you're sitting at 180 pounds and you want to be like, I don't know, 130 pounds, then I would have said eat 130 grams of protein. And what you're saying is that that's not accurate. Yeah. So I've actually heard that, that theory as well. And if you are trying to build muscle, then I'd say go up. But if you are trying to lose a significant amount of weight, I would say still try to reach a higher protein amount. So again, the example that I gave 187 pounds, try to aim for 165. Now with that said, 165 grams of protein, if you're just starting out, that's a lot of freaking protein. So it oftentimes is really intimidating. It's really hard. And I'm also a huge proponent of absolutely no all or nothing mentalities, no black and white thinking. So it's not this if I don't hit 165 grams of protein, it's just not going to work. Absolutely not. What I always recommend is starting with your baseline. So what I have my clients do who are tracking is, Hey, let's track out your days for the next week. Don't change anything. Let's just see where your baseline is. Let's see where you're naturally falling in terms of where your protein amount is coming in at carbs and fat. And then from there we'll build. So it's never this I have to go from A to Z. No, you can absolutely take these stepping stones to get there. You know, you have to go through the whole alphabet to get to Z. So I always say, focus on protein. Number one, focus on trying to build protein over time. So whether that's in 
10 gram increments or 20 gram increments, get comfortable with just trying to hit at, at first, I'll always say a minimum of a hundred grams of protein, try to hit hundred grams of protein, find what works for you. I always recommend staple foods. So staple proteins like lean meats, legumes, that's more whole food focused over anything that's more processed, like protein powders and bars and shakes and all of that. There's obviously a time and place for those. They're convenient, but whole foods are always what I recommend most. That's where you're going to go get the most micronutrients out of them too. So with all that said, it's really focusing on building up over time. It doesn't need to be this, Hey, I'm so far under 165 grams of protein. I just need to eat all the protein right now. Absolutely not. You can build up to it. Yeah. Perfect. So another fun fact about me, when I was 13 years old, I was obese growing up. You probably already know my story, but when I was 13. I was like, I'm going to be vegetarian. And I became a vegetarian. I lost all this weight. It was amazing. There were a couple of other things going on at that time. But, and then like when the weight loss stopped and I was like already extra, had it added exercise in, okay, that got me past another plateau, but then I plateaued. And then when the weight loss stopped, I became vegan. And I was at this point, like running like crazy. I was, I was vegan. So I was, and I was like, not into any protein powder. Like I didn't think about like plant-based proteins at all. I was so depleted. I got so sick. I had this like huge adrenal crash. And it's just, I do have, I can think of like at least three people right now on my network. I do have clients that are really afraid of eating things like meat because mm-hmm. and it just, I know that protein can come from so many places, but like what, like when we're talking about like really getting that much protein in, like it's really hard to do that being fully plant-based. Like it just, it really is. Yes. And so yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And so on that note, there are different populations. So if I have a client who eats animal-based proteins, that's the process of one-to-one, one gram of protein for every one pound of body weight is the route that I take. Now, if I have a vegan or vegetarian or pescatarian even, because even with pe- you know a pescatarian diet, it can be harder to hit that, that sort of protein goal then I skew the protein a little bit lower. So for that type of diet, if you are vegan, if you are vegetarian, if you are even pescatarian, studies show that you can still be 0.6 to 0.8 times your body weight in grams. So with that said, if you weigh 180 pounds, you can have you know 0.6 to 0.8 of that in your protein grams. So it is able to skew down. Of course, if you're trying to build muscle, it's just going to take a little bit longer, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to help you to build muscle to, you know, even lose weight. If you're trying to lose weight, it's all about how it works within your diet. So I work with a lot of vegetarian. I have some vegan clients and this is a great point too, because I think this, and I know I was there too. I actually, I went through vegetarian. I tried vegan. It was all the elimination. Like it was like, what can I eliminate? Plus I was watching a lot of like Netflix documentaries and I was getting so attached to. So yeah. But anyway, you do not need to eat animal-based proteins to follow a macro-focused diet or even prioritize protein. With a macro-focused diet, again, it is a tool. So macros, macronutrition, it's a tool to understand and educate around the foods that you're eating. And again, the biggest thing I see is just this lack of protein in most women in particular, that even having some sort of 
education and understanding of what protein sources are. If you are vegan, if you are plant-based, whatnot, knowing that there are, you know, there's protein in beans and legumes and there's protein in pea powder, pea protein powder, things like that, that you can incorporate into your diet to make little changes to just increase your protein intake. Yeah. It, I think it is really helpful because I think after my whole spiel of my whole like adrenal crash and my veganism and everything, I just became like very anti plant-based diets. And so now when clients like come to me who have a plant-based diet, I'm like, fuck, because like, I like, because personally, like I actually don't know how to optimize your body when protein is like, when you need so much protein in order to even just do things like boost your immune system. Like when yeah. I work with clients who have like parasites or candida or these like reoccurring infections, like, and mm-hmm. they're vegan, I'm like, dang girl, like it's like, that's part of the reason you're not getting enough protein. So your body can't fight this shit off. Right. Yeah. Well, I I have a couple current pescatarian vegetarian and one vegan client right now and minimum they're at 90 grams of protein, which it's very interesting because my vegan client at the beginning, when we first met, we sit down, we have a deep dive before we kick off our program. And I had her track out her macros prior to us meeting, and she was maybe getting 25 grams of protein in a day, which is very easy to do or to not do when you're not conscious about, you know, what is in your food, what your food is made up of. And so she was heavily relying on more carbon fat sources because they're more plentiful in that type of diet, but making some small tweaks really made all the difference for her. Plus putting her through a reverse diet and all of that too, but all of that really, you know, that little education and understanding around protein and how to increase your protein, even if you're not eating those animal products can make all the difference. So where I typically fall again, it's going to depend on where their starting weight is, but 90, 90 grams, 85 grams of protein is a good challenge for those who are more plant-based. Okay. And so now like, and then what do we do with fats and carbs? Like, what are we doing here with macro counting? Yeah. So, so fats and carbs, our protein is going to relatively remain somewhat consistent no matter what phase. And so I should also mention there are different phases that we enter. So we're not constantly living in this deficit. Like I, you know, 20 year old Danny thought we did No, If you are trying to lose weight, yes, a calorie deficit is required to lose body fat. However, that calorie deficit should be the shortest period of time in your entire year. So you want to get in and you want to get out of that. And you want to spend most of the time at what's called maintenance. So maintenance is the phase where you are eating roughly the same amount of calories that you're expending per day. So calories in calories out are pretty equal. This is where our metabolism is optimizing. This is where we feel our best. This is where we're able to build muscle. It's very hard, if not impossible for some individuals to build muscle when in a deficit. When you're restricting calories, it's extremely hard, if not impossible. If you're someone who's more seasoned to strength training, it's it's going to be nearly impossible to build muscle when in a deficit. So with all that said, protein will remain fairly consistent throughout each of these phases that I work my clients through. Now it's carbs and fat that are the levers. 
So when you are trying to lose fat, lose body fat, reduce overall body fat, you are pulling back slightly on carbs and fat. But when you're at your maintenance, again, where you should be most of the year, fat for the average individual should be at least 30% of your diet. And oftentimes I will see individuals eat either eating very low fat or they're on the complete opposite end, more keto focused. You know, they're very high fat and they're very low carb. Yeah. Low carb is not a place we want to be either. Carbs are our, I love that you're shaking your head. Carbs are, are our body's source of energy. So I think back to, I was low carb at one point too. That was one of the phases I went through. And I remember just feeling fatigued, but also I felt so brain dead and like, I couldn't focus. And that is because I was not eating enough carbs. Carbs are not the enemy. Carbs are here to help us be present. They're here to help us focus. It's here to, they're here to help us push through our workouts, just live day to day. They are our body's energy source. And so when we restrict carbs, we are pulling back on our energy. We're pulling back on our natural energy. And so I work with quite a few women at first who come in with this thought of, you know, eating very low carb. Yes. To enter a calorie deficit. Sometimes we do need to pull back on carbs a little, but again, that's a short period of time and we need to get you back up to eating a sufficient amount of carbohydrates. So with a protein or a macro breakdown, what really we should be focusing on is, you know, hitting a specific amount of protein, getting enough fat, but really focusing on, you know, not over consuming fat and definitely not under consuming fat because fat, especially as women, this, these help to regulate our hormones. I learned that the hard way as well. So eating enough fat is very important, but it's the carbs. It's the carbs that I more so see or more often see that women are under consuming and they're feeling fatigued and they're not able to recover and they're feeling agitated and they're feeling like their sleep is impaired. All of that. Those are all signs of negative biofeedback that can be addressed by shifting your diet, by shifting your nutrition and the food that you're eating. So Mm -hmm. long story short, I think carbs and fat, they're going to depend on the phase that you're in, but more often than not, we need to be eating more carbs and a moderate amount of fat within our diet to have, you know, positive biofeedback signals. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So you might not be able to like fully answer this question, like in good faith, but just like do your best. Obviously, like we're not counting calories here. We're counting Mm -hmm. macros, right? So Mm -hmm. if we're counting macros, like our calorie um, intake is going to be like different every day, just depending on like the, the macros that we're choosing, correct? Like, or the, the food that we're choosing. But if you were to give us like a general number for some <laughs> here I am being like, well, I'm this amount of active and like this, if you were to give us like a certain, cause I think that like that 1200 mark is like, I see that all the time. Like when clients meet me originally, we have this like discovery call. And like, I cannot tell you how many times they're like, well, I only eat 1200 calories a day. And like, I don't know why I'm overweight. I'm like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. like, can, can you just like give us an idea of like how many calories we should be having in a day? Um, so that people don't feel like they need to fall into that 1200 calorie place. Right. Absolutely. So I actually, anyone can do this because 
my answer is it really depends on the individual. There's so much that goes into it with like the BMR, which is like not the answer anybody wants, (laughs) but I actually do have an answer. So you can go online and type in for a BMR calculator. So earlier I mentioned BMR, that's a basal metabolic rate. You can type in to get your BMR. It's again, it's going to be a rough estimate, but you can see roughly where your BMR is falling. And if you're eating under that, you are eating far too low. So most people's BMR is well above 12,000 calories or sorry, 1200 calories, yeah, like 12, <laughs> not 12,000, 1200 calories. So most individuals BMR is above 1200 calories. And so if we are eating a 1200 calorie diet, 1300 calorie diet, but our BMR is at 1700, 1800, you are far in a deficit and you're not even taking into account all of the activity, your lifestyle habits, any of that on top of that. So that's a good practice that sometimes I will have clients do and say, Hey, let's actually just look at your BMR and then let's look at your calorie intake. And if you are currently eating below your BMR, even at your BMR, you're eating far too low. So a good rule of thumb is that even when you're in a deficit, it should be at least 250. I opt for 300, 300 calories above your BMR. So we really shouldn't be pushing close to your basal metabolic rate in terms of using that as a rule of, okay, my body's burning 1200 calories. I should be eating 1100 calories to lose weight. Absolutely not. So you can go on any BMR calculator online. Usually one of the first ones that pops up, you can kind of identify your BMR. But if I had to answer this question again, it's going to be so dependent on the individual, but if you're eating anywhere from 12 to 1600, and for some people, even up to 1800 calories, that could be too much depending on where your starting point is, but 12 to 1500 calories on average for what the clients that I work with, that's too low for them. Usually their maintenance falls anywhere from, if you have somebody who's, you know, maybe they're a little bit shorter, maybe like, I don't know, five foot. Like I've, I've worked with someone who is five foot. They were 130 pounds and their maintenance is going to be a bit lower because they're just a little smaller. So they're around, you know, 1800 calories. But for somebody who is 5'11", maybe their maintenance is closer to 2,800 calories. That's a whole thousand calories difference. So it's really going to depend on, that's why macros with macros, it's so important to get an individualized assessment because there's no one size fits all. And if this 1,200 calorie diet that kind of came about it's not a one size fits all. And that's what this 1200 calorie diet kind of came to be. So yeah, I recommend going on, looking up your BMR and then identifying if you're eating below your BMR at your BMR. And if you are, you're probably eating too low. Okay, perfect. And now you kind of like alluded to and talked about like, you're eating too low, you're eating too low. You even said something like your metabolism will, will, you know, adapt. So like what happens? Like, why is it when we don't eat enough calories, we, we don't lose the weight we want. We don't, but like, just, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Yeah. This just blew my socks off when I learned about this. And I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. 
I actually I'm hosting a couple live trainings right now that are all on this topic. And when you restrict calories for an extended period of time, an extended period of time is really anything over four months. So a four month, 16 weeks is the longest anyone should be in a deficit without either taking a dieting break or, you know, getting back up to maintenance and spending time there. And this is all in respect to your metabolic health. So our metabolic rate or our metabolism, it adjusts as we restrict calories. So let's say you have somebody who's eating a, an 1800 calorie diet, and then they say, okay, I'm going to go on vacation. I need to lose some weight. I'm going to restrict my calories and I'm going to eat 1400 calories. Well, they stay there. They stay there. They stay there. They're there for six months, maybe, maybe longer. And all of a sudden they're like, I was seeing a little bit of weight loss, but it's no longer working for me. So I'm just going to restrict more. And this is a vicious cycle of restriction, which they're not taking into account what is happening to their metabolism. And so what's happening is as you restrict calories, your metabolism follows suit. So it will slow down and adapt. It's called metabolic adaptation when your metabolism adapts to this new caloric floor. So if you're restricting calories and there are women that I've worked with who have just eaten 12, 1300 calories now for years and years and years. Yeah. And at this point, your metabolism has definitely downregulated. It's yeah. definitely adapted to this lower caloric floor. So anytime you try to lose weight, you're trying to pull back further from that. And then anytime you, Christmas is a great example, you know, the holidays hit and anytime you eat above your new caloric floor, you'll more easily gain weight. And then it becomes extremely hard to lose that weight because your metabolism is hanging out down at the bottom. Oh, so, shit. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So okay. it becomes this vicious cycle when, yeah. and, and it's to nobody's fault because this is not really taught. Like I didn't really know about this until I went through my education and our metabolism, it's sensitive. So we have to work to rebuild it. And I will say that if you restrict and you've, maybe you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm screwed. I've been eating, you know, low calorie for so long. My metabolism has downregulated. You can absolutely fix it. And what I oftentimes see is that individuals, women that I work with, that I talk to on Instagram, they feel like they're in this yo-yo dieting pattern. And it's just this constant yo-yo dieting. And that's because, you know, they're restricting more and then they go back to their old ways of eating and their metabolism hasn't rebuilt itself. You haven't taught it to rebuild and get back up to this optimal state to actually be able to lose weight. So you're just really, you know, what's that saying? Like, pulling from an empty cup, but pouring from an yeah. empty cup, <laughs> you're just pouring from an empty cup because there's yeah. really no more room. And so yeah. what also can happen is we're just using 1200 calories here as an arbitrary number, but if you're eating a 1200 calorie diet and you've been eating 1200 calories for an extended period of time and you try to pull back and you don't see any weight loss, well, your body can also be storing fat to use as a potential energy source in the future, because your body doesn't know if more food is coming. All it knows is, Hey, I'm over here and I'm in survival mode. 
I'm well under my BMR. I do not have enough energy, aka calories coming in to support everything that you're trying to make me do. So I'm going to store onto this fat to use as energy in case I need it. And this is that cycle that we can kind of get into and get a little stuck in, but you can fix it. You can rebuild your metabolism. Yeah. And it's like exactly what you were saying in that last portion where, um, you know, at, like if you get, if you're in that state for too long, it's like fight or flight because the body's like, okay, we don't have enough. We don't know when we're going to have enough. So we're just going to store everything. And then what starts to happen is the body starts to use adrenaline for energy. And mm-hmm. when the body continues to use adrenaline and like cortisol to like feed its fuel, yes. you're going to burn out and you're going to fuck up all your hormones. Like there's yes. the hormonal imbalance. And then like, and then you see, like, I see this, my, my clients all the time where They've been on these yo-yo dieting cycles. They restrict for too long. And then they have like Christmas dinner and then they gain weight and they can't lose it. And by the time Mm -hmm. they like the metabolism even has a second to catch up, they're already dieting again. So it's just like, you you know, it's just not giving the body enough time to like really rebuild. And I think that that is probably the scariest thing for um, me, for women in general. But for me and for my clients is that it's giving you that, that grace period where you can allow the body to function again so that you can reach your optimal weight. Like, I mean, I'm all, I've said this so many times, like I'm all about body positivity, but like, there is no world where if we're like over 300 pounds, we're obese, like we're treating the body. Well, like from a health perspective, it's just, you can't like, you can love your body, but if you truly love your body, you want to treat it well. Right. And I just think that like, so often people believe that it has to be one or the other. It has to be like, I'm positive about my body and overweight. Or I'm like, I hate my body and I restrict and I, and I punish myself and that's how I lose weight. And I just like, it doesn't need to be that way. But in this like reverse dieting period where we're rebuilding the metabolism, is there like a four week weight gain? Like, what does that kind of look like? Yeah. So it will depend on the individual. I feel like that's like the disclaimer I always want to say, because it really will depend, but A reverse diet is this process of rebuilding your metabolism through systematically and slowly adding calories back into your diet. So the way in which I use a reverse diet with macronutrition is that protein, again, it's going to remain relatively consistent, but you're adding back in carbs and fat. So if there's an individual who's eating very low carb and maybe they're higher fat, I want to increase their carbs a little quicker than obviously their fat. So it will depend, but the whole process is really just slowly adding in food or calories back into your diet with the expectation that your weight really should hold relatively steady. Now, Mm -hmm. if you are somebody who has, you know, been under eating for an extended period of time, studies show that 50% of women who enter a reverse diet their weight is relatively consistent. Now, if you're also strength training on top of that, that's a whole nother story. Like you can be building, you know, gaining weight from building muscle that has nothing to do with fat, but to keep this simple, 50% of women don't really see any sort of weight discrepancy when they're reverse dieting. There's 25% of women who will see about a one to four pound increase But typically that increase is needed on their body. Those are for the individuals who are, you know, have been in deep deficits who need a little bit more body fat on their bodies to allow for proper hormone regulation, all of that good stuff who really need it. And then there's 25% of women who actually lose weight in a reverse diet. And that is oftentimes what I'll see 
is women who have been restricting for long periods of time. Finally, their bodies are just like, oh my gosh, okay, we we're getting some food. Like we're getting, you know, the fuel that we need and, you know, it's focusing on protein and you're eating appropriate amounts of carbs and fat to fuel your body that your body again, like cortisol and all of that, it's able to re-regulate. So there is, you know, a quarter of women who enter reverse diets who actually do lose some weight. I never tell any of my clients like, Hey, I think you're going to lose some weight in this reverse diet. It is a possible outcome, but more often than not, it's really, you're maintaining your weight. The whole purpose of a reverse diet is not to lose weight. It's to rebuild your metabolism. Like you were saying, rebuild your metabolism so that you can get to a point where you're in a healthy spot to then enter, you know, any deficit in the future to actually lose weight. Okay, perfect. And so what if now a lot of what we're talking about is like contingent with also then weight training. What if you're not Mm -hmm. weight training? Can you still do macro Mm -hmm. counting? And is that different? Absolutely. You can absolutely still do macro counting and The purpose of macros is again, it's a tool. Like I always like to preface it with, it is an educated way of eating. A lot of my clients and what I do personally is I do macros for a couple months out of the year. And then I transition to intuitive eating. That's a Mm -hmm. whole nother topic, but you can absolutely do macros with less of a focus on actually hitting all of your macros. If you're like more loosely tracking, you know, protein and overall calories, or maybe you're just like, Hey, I'm just trying to hit a new protein goal. That is still a part of macro tracking that doesn't necessarily, you know, have to be as rigid as I'm tracking everything. So if you're somebody who's not strength training, the whole purpose of strength training is to build muscle helps with bone density, all of that good stuff. But if you are just like, eh, yep. Strength training is just not for me. That's okay. Macros do not have to be paired with strength training. And I think Instagram and social media kind of like put the two together and macros are more of an educated way of viewing your food. So you can look at a plate. And instead of saying, Oh, I'm having pasta with meatballs. It's okay. Here's my carb source. Here's my fat source. And here's my protein source. And you're able to build more balanced meals that way, which is going to help with things like blood sugar regulation, all of these tactics and lessons that you learn through macro tracking help with far more than just simply building muscle. So Mm. yes, I, I personally love strength training. I think there's so many great benefits from it, but there are many clients that I work with who I have some clients, they do outdoor activities like rock climbing. That's like their main source of activity. I have other clients who do yoga and Pilates. You can really do whatever type of activity that fits you best but macros are just that educational piece to your nutrition so that Mm. you understand what your food is made up of. You know, you're getting your proteins, you're getting your carbs and you're getting your fat. Yeah. Yeah. So then if you weren't doing strength training, then like, this is where the individualized plan comes like really in, in good handy or comes handy because (laughs) then you're like, you're not following. It's not like everybody needs like, you know, 30 grams of protein or whatever fat. And it's like, okay, based on my level of activity, what activity I'm doing, right. Based on metabolic rate, my lifestyle, my sleep and circadian rhythm, all that stuff. This is an ideal day. And then Mm -hmm. just like, 
now just obviously to like satisfy myself and my audience, you kind of already touched on this, but how can we take this like macro counting idea and then just make it more intuitive? Like, so that we're not like tracking necessarily, but like, we just have like an idea of, okay, I'm hitting this amount of protein Mm -hmm. or this, I'm I'm working to increase my protein. Like, how would you do that? Yeah. So what I always recommend doing is just starting to understand and educate yourself around how your food or what your food is made up of. So for example, a banana, what is a banana? It is a carb source. A banana is a carb source. And then you have something like a chicken sausage. Okay. Well, what is that made up of? That's protein and fat. And as you start to really educate yourself, and this doesn't mean that you have to track, you can simply look at nutrition labels. You can look at the nutrition label or the, you know, ingredients within the nutrition label and say, okay, you know what, this item, it's looks like a tire in protein. And as you start to just pay attention to the amount of protein in things or the amount of fat and carbs and things, you start to have this more educated understanding of how you're eating and where your protein might be falling, where your carbs and your fat might be falling. And it doesn't have to be tracked. So protein, you know, earlier on, I said, try to get one-to-one up to 165 grams of protein. But if you're just, you know, paying attention to your meals, a good rule of thumb is try to get anywhere from 30 to 40 grams of protein in per meal. And then make sure that you have a carb source and a fat source along with your meal. So I always recommend too that I feel like I'm saying I always recommend. I just call myself <laughs> saying that. <laughs> but with when you're building out your your meals, and this is something that pre-macros I see a lot with my clients, and I'm sure I did myself as well. You know, I wasn't getting enough protein. My clients don't get enough protein, their carbs and their fat are kind of all over the place. But once you start to identify the types of macronutrients that are in the foods that you commonly eat, you start to get a good sense of, okay, you know, I don't think I'm getting enough protein or wow. You know, I didn't realize that these are carb sources or fat sources. You know, fat is a really big one that I see a lot of my clients, they will yield toward fat and restrict carbs. And they think like, oh, carbs, it's just bread and pasta. And I'm like, no, there are so many amazing carb sources. Let's talk about like these fruits and vegetables and sweet potato. I love sweet potato. Um, potato. Yeah. So there are so many great carb sources that are loaded with micronutrients that are so essential for us. So that's a whole nother topic too, but all in all, just paying more close attention to nutrition labels, to how much protein, carbs, and fat are in things. And then when you're building out your meals, making sure that you have one of each of those macronutrients, at least on your plate. So you have a protein source, you have a carb source, you have a fat source, maybe, you know, like the chicken sausage example, that's a fat and a carb source. So you're starting to educate yourself around what your food looks like and building out your meals accordingly. Okay. That's really helpful. And again, like I wish I could talk to you all day. So maybe we'll have you back on the <laughs> podcast. And, I would love and that. Yeah. yeah. I know. But I feel like Danny, we could chat all day long. Yeah. <laughs> but Jenny, can you just tell us where to find you? 
Yeah. So you can find me at Minden My Macros on Instagram or at mindinmymacros.com for all of my services, my contact, all of that there as well. Okay, perfect. And you said that you were running like a live thing. Is that something that we can sign up for now or is it already done or? Yeah, it's finishing next week. So I'm not sure if that is too soon, but yeah, I'm hosting some live trainings right now on how to use macros and master macros for lifelong fat loss. And no, that does not mean eating in a constant deficit. That actually means the exact opposite. And I talk through all about metabolic health and how to rebuild your metabolism and what happens to your metabolism when you eat in deficit for an extended period of time in that training. So you can find that on my website. You can also find it on my Instagram again at minded my macros. Okay, perfect. And one thing I do with all of my guests is I just ask you like some wildfire questions at the end. So I'm just going to like breeze through them. Let's do it. Um, Okay. So (laughs) where should I start? Uh, Okay. Cash or credit? Ooh, credit. Espresso or drip coffee? (sighs) Drip coffee. Patterned or plain? Plain. Red wine or white wine? (laughs) Red wine. A salad or sandwich? Sandwich. <laughs> I love that. Makes her live alone. I live alone. Yeah, me too. I think once you're married, you're like, I'll definitely take living yeah. alone for a roommate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if I could go, I had a, I was living alone for a little bit before I moved in with my husband, and it was pretty nice. It was yeah. like having everything that was just like mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Car or bike? Car. Money or love? Love. Growth or security? Growth. Passion or stability? Passion. Sight or sound? Sight. Regret or doubt? Doubt. Overly optimistic or overly pessimistic? Overly pessimistic. Skill or popularity? What was that one? What was the first one? Skill or popularity? Skill. Apathy or obsession? Apathy. Success or happiness? Happiness. Predictability or excitement? (sighs) Excitement. Oh, but the, I'm like close (laughs) second is that predictability. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And last one, would you rather pause time or or rewind time? Pause time. For sure. Yeah. I feel that all the time. I'm like, if everyone mm-hmm. could just stop for like just yeah. a month and I could yep. just get my and catch up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I would love to just pause a little bit of time, put a little pin in it and say, like, let's yep. pick up in three weeks, please. <laughs> Especially oh, right now. <laughs> yeah, I hear you so much. Okay, Danny. Well, it was so lovely having you. Thank you so much. It'll be a couple of weeks before the episode goes live, but Everybody listening, don't forget to like and subscribe. Follow Danny. She's a wealth of knowledge. You'll love her. And yeah, just good luck macro counting. <laughs> January, going strong. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you so okay. much. That was fun. No, no, thank you so much. That was really good. That was awesome. Awesome. Okay, okay thanks. thanks. Have a good Have rest a of your day. day. Okay, you too, babe. Bye. Bye.